Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 69. There's no such thing as a trigger. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. I want to talk today about triggers. Now, this is such a huge word out in the world, right? It's just people talk about it all the time, not just in psychology and all of that stuff, but all over in life. We talk about people triggering us and things triggering us, smells and memories and feelings triggering us. Go anywhere and this is just a a given. It's just talked about as an absolute given. And especially in the work that I do with people with habits and anxiety and all kinds of other issues, really, this idea of a trigger comes up all the time. So it looks like something out in the world triggers some kind of experience in us. It looks like we have a fight with our partner and that triggers some sad feelings, some angry feelings. And then maybe those feelings look like they trigger a desire to go drink or eat or do something. It looks like um, we see an advertisement or we smell food and those trigger a craving or an urge. It looks like we have memories. Memories are a huge, (laughs) a huge trigger, right? looks like we had a memory of something. Something popped into our head And then it triggered all these other thoughts and feelings and behaviors. Um, On the physical side, it looks like things like hormones, things like lack of sleep. Every single day without fail, someone asks about hormones or lack of sleep or there are a few others, but mostly hormones and lack of sleep triggering anxiety. Well, yeah, they cause my anxiety. It's a lot worse. It's a lot worse when I'm tired and when my hormones are all over the place. So therefore, they'll say, those are triggers. It looks like our own kind of state of mind, so our own degree of anxious thinking or feeling, let's just use that as an example, anxious thoughts or feelings trigger physical consequences. So feeling anxious triggers nausea. Feeling anxious triggers muscle tension or some other physical manifestation. Okay, so those are just a few examples. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it looks like that. Of course it looks like that. It looks so obvious. My favorite is my old trigger (laughs) that that I used to say that Fridays triggered my binge eating. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Fridays, the whole day of Friday, which is so obviously made up, but the whole day of Friday would trigger binge eating. And it really, really looked like that, even though I don't remember what I was thinking at all at that time of my life. But I probably saw that 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 was illogical. I sure hope I did on some level that that was illogical, but didn't matter. All that mattered in my book was that like like the like as deep as my mind would go with it, 
was, oh, it's Friday. It's danger day. Like, this is not good. And I for sure would have said, yeah, Friday, I, I did many times. Like, Fridays, that's a trigger for me. It's funny even to kind of tell that now, say that now, you know, it's like, what was I thinking? Like, it, this is a whole other episode that I, that I plan to do at some point, but it's really interesting how our mind, our minds sometimes just don't go that deep. We'll, we'll kind of latch on to something at a certain level and then we just, we're done. Like our mind is done being open. Our mind kind of closes at that certain level. So I could have and did, I'm sure, think, yep, Fridays are a trigger for me. And then it's like slamming the door shut on my mind. There, no logic could come in. No exceptions could come in, although there were many. It's not like I was binging for 24 hours straight every single Friday, but I didn't even see them. Mind was shut because it stopped at that level of, yep, Friday's equal trigger, done. And again, I'll do a whole other episode on this, but don't you see that all the time? I see that all the time in talking with people. It's like they can hear it at a certain level and then doors closed, shut, can't hear anymore. So I think that's what happens a lot with with this trigger idea as well, is we get these theories, we get these ideas, and they're based on experience, and then they create experience, but that's a whole other side of it. But we get these ideas about how things work that are rooted in misunderstanding, but we don't know that. It looks completely logical We it's at a certain level because we're not looking at it really. Um, we have tons of evidence for it. and And then that just keeps growing and growing and growing because whatever we have tons of evidence for, we are super attuned to and we are virtually blind to exceptions. So everybody talks about triggers. We believe in triggers. We see our own triggers. We find evidence for them all over the place. And when we're just done, and that just looks like the end of the story. But let's really look at this for a minute. Now, how I'm going to sort of unpack this, I know I say this often, but this is definitely listen this time. <laughs> like, don't don't hang on what I'm saying. Don't try to figure out the the mechanism or the formula I'm giving because there really isn't one. It, I just... I don't even know exactly what I'm pointing to, but I, I do know what I'm pointing to, but I don't know exactly the mechanism or how it works. And and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not important. So just see if you can kind of get a feel for things. So these things that we're looking at, a conversation, a smell, hormones, uh, fatigue, like feeling, a memory, a day of the week, any of that kind of stuff. That's those are those are form. So those are like a thought that we're experiencing in this moment. It has come to life in this moment and we've experienced it. And already, always, right now in this moment, it's changing and gone. The stuff doesn't doesn't sit. Nothing of form. Nothing of form remains for long. It's all in flux, always. So that is true again of a thought or a memory. Let's say you have a memory, comes to life, super vivid. You feel all the feelings, your body's doing all the body stuff. Like it's a full on experience. But by the time that's brought to consciousness for you and before that even, far before that, it is changing. It is on its way out. 
So everything we experience, thought, feeling, behavior, all of it, sensation, craving, urge, panic, like it's all the same thing. All of that is constantly, never, ever not in flux, constantly in motion, constantly shifting and changing. And in those examples, they have a relatively short shelf life. Like they don't live for long. They don't live for long. A few seconds, maybe, maybe less. I don't even know. I think we probably bring it back and it feels like it lasts seconds, but I'm guessing this stuff is extremely quick. I'm sure neuroscientists can look at look at it at that level and show us. I know there's all kinds of research about, about emotions. Now, again, kind of take this loosely, but the feeling of an emotion taking about 90 seconds to run its course through our body. So again, that's the that's the emotional, mental thought aspect of it and the physical aspect, what happens in your body when you feel something. And if without added clinging, without resistance, without added story, without any of that verbal stuff, without meaning, without tying it to a story of me, without any of that, it just runs its course through us in 90 seconds. So anyway, all of this stuff, that stuff of form. So that's the more... What we might look at is like, we, you might look at that and say, what do you mean form? Like how is thought form? You can't touch it. You can't play with it. You know, it's intangible. But in the way we're looking at it here, let's consider it's form because it's a thing we, we experience. Like the, it's, there's some kind of there there, there's some kind of form to it. And it's constantly, constantly, constantly in motion and changing. So for that more purely psychological form, really quick, really short shelf life. Now things of other physical form, like a microphone or a chair or a tube of lipstick. Yes, I'm just looking around me naming things. A cup of water. Those are all also always in flux. Not permanent. If you come back here 300 years from now, my lipstick will not remain. It is sure it won't look like this. The chair, the water, the cup, the microphone, they're, they are of form and they're always changing. So, so we have form, right? And then we have formless. We have the, now just don't listen too hard, <laughs> but we have like something creates this stuff. Something's behind it. We have this, this formless energy that, that is life, that is everything and also nothing that takes temporary form all the time. So the energy is just living, it's life, it's everything and nothing. And then it's taking temporary shapes as stuff, as a thought, as a memory, as a cup, as lipstick. It's taking all that temporary form and then the temporary form is falling away, dying, changing, whatever it does, and it's just going back to formless. So see if you just get kind of a feel for that, for how that's always working. So essentially what we're saying when we walk around saying that all these things trigger experience in us, the things we're talking about are things of form. And the thing about form is it's created already. It's formless already turned into something that's now dying and changing form, but it it doesn't really have like creative power. that make sense? Like it doesn't, it's cooked. It's cooked already. It's done. Like it's turned into a thing 
And now it's turning out of that thing, always, right? Turned into a thing and instantly turning out of that thing and returning back to formless just to come back again as more form in a minute, you know, and then that'll change. And so like that process is always happening. But once it's form, like form can't create, formless creates everything. Everything comes from that formless energy that that lives us. That is the essence of all things. It's the essence. So that formless energy is the essence and it is what creates. So essentially what we're saying is, my lipstick or Friday or even this memory or whatever it might be is creating, is create, it's, it's form creating more form and it can't really work that way. Only formless creates form. If you're not with me, don't worry about it. (laughs) Honestly, just kind of, just kind of hang out in this. And, and so, so we get, we get really locked in. Now, it's so clear, so clear why it looks like there are triggers. And so part of me as I'm even saying this is like, oh my gosh, but it's so obvious. It's so obvious when you're just out in the world that of course things trigger. Like of course when your hormones are out of whack and you haven't slept in two days, you are more likely to be fuzzy headed and and maybe anxious and maybe some other stuff, <laughs> right? Like, of course, you're going to reach for your habit more when you're in a state like that. Of course, when you're feeling anxious, you know, your body's going to show it in the form of feeling sick or tight or clammy or whatever happens to you, right? Of course, when you've been through some traumatic experience and then you think about that or you go back to that place or you... you smell that old smell or see that old thing, of course, that's going to bring, you know, that's how it looks. It's going to bring, it's going to create a flood of old feelings. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a co-occurrence and that, please stick with me with this because I know that sounds already like, okay, this is just some very subtle little minor thing, but it really isn't. So yes, those things sometimes often perhaps co-occur. Fridays and binge eating co-occurred for me all the time. But that doesn't mean that Fridays had any creative power. It doesn't mean they were a trigger. It just means that there was there was a relationship there. There was a co-occurrence there, a correlation there. Now what happened in my head because I thought that Fridays were a trigger I'd be sitting there. It would occur to me that it's Friday. And I'm not, this isn't a this, then that, then that. I'm just throwing out a bunch of of things that didn't happen in this sequence. It occurred to me that it was Friday. I'd have a feeling, an uncomfortable, and I would call that feeling uncomfortable, or I'd have a thought, or I'd have a memory of last Friday, or something would happen. And without my doing it in an instant, because my mind said, oh, Friday triggers, this is what happens. And again, it did that without my input in an instant. I'd be playing out the Friday routine again. Same with anything. You, a thought pops in your head, an old memory pops in your head, done. 
right? It's there for as long as it's there, done, dead in the water. That's already taken form. Now something else shows up, some feeling, some other thought, you know, something that you do to comfort yourself when all that's there. See if you can kind of loosen to see that it isn't, it isn't strict cause and effect. The stuff that we're saying causes our effects can't. It's not a cause and effect. It's a co-occurrence. So our mind gets busy and all kinds of stuff comes out. And we have a theory that the first thing caused the second thing. We have a theory that there is a first thing and a second thing. What the heck do we know? Like we're not in our heads in the in the milliseconds of experience unfolding. Like all we know is what we're conscious of. All we know is what really kind of comes to life and makes sense to us in that very moment. That doesn't mean that's the way it is. It's just the story our mind is told of it that makes sense to our mind. So there's a bunch of stuff just happening, a bunch of stuff happening. But the thing about this too, I really want you to see is there's a ton of time, like as much as it can totally look like this stuff, this triggers that. And it will, it will because we believe that's the case. There's a ton of times when that's not happening and we're blind to it because we believe so strongly in our, in our idea of triggers. So it's like crazy to think about this. Like it can look so obvious. Let's just say you see a commercial for pizza and a half hour later you're ordering a pizza or maybe a minute later you're ordering a pizza. Who wouldn't look at that and say, yeah, that commercial triggered me to order pizza but what about the commercial right before it for coffee and you didn't jump up and brew some coffee? Like, you know, there are so many other things that happen so much. Oh my gosh, we take in so much stimuli. I was just watching the show tonight actually um, with my kids. They love it called Brain Games. It's on Netflix. And they were saying that the, let's see if I can get this right. The absolute best, fastest, most impressive supercomputer, like actual computer ever like on earth right now ever created to this date the amount of time it takes to process as much data as a human brain can process in one second is 40 minutes so one second of human brain taking in stimuli and doing stuff with it and telling stories and making sense of it one second of that would take the absolute best computer 40 minutes to get close which is pretty crazy. So fun fact, (laughs) fun fact from Brain Games on Netflix. Literally just watched that an hour ago. It's a really cute show and it's really good for kids too. Um, But you know, it's like we, we, all this stuff comes in and just little bits and pieces of it that match our ideas and our beliefs are brought, brought to life for us. And then we tell these stories about it. And then what happens is, again, we go through life saying, oh, this triggers me, that triggers me. And we experience that. We say, yep, when I, you know, this time when my hormones are doing this, I'm a mess. And we experience it. We just told our brain that that's how it works. And and we just put everything into place to experience that. Oh, yeah, you know, when these thoughts show up, this is how I feel. Like, we're not walking around saying that, but we're believing it. That's how it looks. And so we experience it, you know, and then we experience it. And then that, so it goes the other way. Then we experience it. And then we say, yep, clearly a trigger. So it's just big to kind of look a little bit deeper at this. And let's, so again, let's just say 
formless turns into form and all kinds of stuff shows up together. There's a giant co-occurrence of a bunch of stuff. Now, why is it helpful to keep it there? What's the, like, again, what's the difference? I know I kind of just said part of the answer, but like, tr- like if we think that certain things trigger us, what are we going to do? This is so huge. You're totally, totally in a corner. If it looks like driving, this is another common one, driving triggers my anxiety. This was huge for me when I had anxiety too. Driving does this to me. If you believe that, you're not going to drive <laughs> at the very least, right? Like you you are so locked into it. You are just totally in a corner. If you believe this causes that, your life gets very small very, very, very quickly. Now, again, there's it's obvious that sitting in a car, even sitting in a moving car, driving it can't create anything. There's no matter how anxious you are, there are many, many times when you're driving your car and you're not feeling the exact same thing. Maybe you're not even feeling anxiety at all in some of those times, but we but we miss that. So so when it looks like there are things out there or even within you that appear to be within you and appear to be out there that trigger you, your life gets very small, very, very fast. You think, okay, this is how it works and you're wrong, but you think this is how it works. So therefore, if I don't want to feel these feelings, I need to avoid these things. And and that doesn't stop at the little specific. So for my in me for my example, like when I was afraid to drive, when I was having panic attacks while I was driving all the time, and I would say driving triggers anxiety. Friday triggers binge eating. It didn't just stop there because again, like you, you kind of gave your mind this rule. So now everything looks like it triggers everything else. So your mind's off to the races, finding all these examples of things that make you feel uncomfortable, which they can't, but it looks like they do. And so because you don't want to feel uncomfortable, of course, you make your life super tiny to avoid all the triggers. And it's exhausting and it's no way to live. So, so again, the other side of this, all kinds of stuff shows up. Let's just keep it right there. All kinds of stuff shows up. We are not privy to what happened in what order in our heads. It happens way too fast. And there's way too much stuff that we have no conscious awareness of. So let's just get okay with the fact that we don't get it. We don't get how it works and we never will. And that's awesome. Let's just let a lot of that brain stuff be a mystery. A lot of bigger than the brain, a lot of that just how life works stuff be a mystery because it really is and it always will be. What we can sort of see is like, wow, all kinds of stuff just happens. Formless turns into form within me all the time. Sure looks like those things co-occur a lot and they do, but that doesn't at all mean anything beyond that very moment. That's where this gets big. Two things co-occurring in a moment, fine. They're there together. Who cares? If our mind isn't creating a theory about it and a story about it, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect us past that moment. So all kinds of stuff just shows up. And then our mind tries to make theories and ideas about it, come up with rules about it, so it can keep us feeling a certain way. But we get to be onto that. It doesn't work the way it appears to work. We get to be onto that. We get to go back to, no, this is just life showing up through me. And whatever goes from formless to form within me 
is dying by the time I notice it. It is changing. It is in flux. It is not permanent. By the time I notice it, it's on its way out. You can see how that just opens things up so much. And again, it's this theory about this triggers that. There's so, so much conceptual stuff in there. So many labels. So driving triggers anxiety. What's anxiety? That's a thought too. It's just life. It's all just formless, turning into form. Formless, turning into form. Formless, turning into form. Recycling, changing, all by itself, all the time. The linear this and that. Let's look past that. And and there is so much more freedom in it. The only reason we care about this causes that, again, is because we think we're going to avoid things. We want to get in there and kind of pull the strings and make things go our way. This is a so much better way for things to go. If we can just step out of all of that, oh my gosh, what it opens up. Because now things just show up. I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't have so much meaning. There's nothing to avoid. It's just life showing up and moving through me and then changing. Without this web of meaning and cause and effect that our mind makes up, everything is more okay. Everything just feels more okay. Anything in any moment, it's all moving, all changing, all okay. It's so much more expansive and just feel so much more right. You know, it's it's funny how we get a little glimpse of something like our own mental theories about how we think things work and we get so locked into them and there's no way we see all that clearly, you know? So it always just feels so much more right to me to kind of say, yeah, I don't really get that. So let me go back to the big picture because that I can get a feel for. I don't need to know specifics and I don't have to test my own theories or trust myself. I'm just in this bigger picture of things. Formless to form. Formless to form. Form can't create. Only formless creates. It takes shape. We have thoughts, memories. We do things. We think things. We feel things. And then it changes. Has your life been impacted by this understanding and you want to help others experience the same? If you would love to help people end habits, end addiction, find freedom from anxiety, and open up to this incredible way of seeing life, I can teach you how in the Change Coach Training and Certification Program. Check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash coach training.